Hi, folks. Bob Main here with another episode of today's survival show, helping you do what you can with what you have wherever you are. This is a practical, no tinfoil hat show. That's not my style. I like to keep this rooted in common sense. So I'm in the mobile studio cruising down Interstate 10, about halfway between Houston and San Antonio. And I thought I'd get this podcast out to talk to you guys more about prepping. Thank you for listening to the show. Well, I'm going to do another show here on getting started, on basic beginnings. Now, thanks to Mexican Joe from the forum and an avid listener to this podcast and a contributor. He and his partner, Dave, they these two guys partner up on survival up there. And what's pretty cool, they're up in northeast Texas. And uh, they've been big contributors. I've interviewed Super Dave and Mexican Joe before. And the two of them have families, and they do a great job of prepping up in northeast Texas. And Mexican Joe has decided to contribute some info on basic beginnings. So you're going to hear that, but i got some stuff to add before that as well. Recently, I got a couple of voicemails. And if you want to leave a voicemail about prepping, survival, whatever, I'm going to give you a phone number. And it's, it's actually a voicemail that's linked to my other podcast, which is called the Handgun World Podcast. But instead of setting up two different voicemails, I figured I'd just use one. It's easier easier for me to keep track of. And some of you listen to both of my shows anyway. That number is 210-646-1727. 210-646-1727. You'll hear my voice on there. Leave a three-minute voicemail. Try to keep it to three minutes or less. And let me know what it is that you have to say, comment, question, subject matter, whatever it is that you want to talk about. That's, you know, I like to have listener participation. So the first one comes from Mike in Seattle. Let's listen. Yeah, Bob, Mike out here in Seattle. Um, just listen to the Survival Podcast. And anyways, uh, good podcast, good information there on travel and uh, stuff to take with you. Um, I know that you should probably just refer everybody to the TSA website because I just go as a general rule. Anything that makes fire can't go on an aircraft um, on your person uh, when you're flying. And I they believe they really discourage it from check bags as well, although you might be able to get away with, um, with some of that. But uh, anything that makes fire or explodes or can explode, uh, like you know, compressed gas cylinders are bad to have there. But the rest of it uh, is uh, all good and uh, good stuff to to bring with you. One thing I, I wanted to add uh, to that that I've been bringing with me is uh, the little water purification tabs or some way to purify water. Even in my uh, little daily travel kit, um, I with it because uh, you just never know when you get some water. It only takes about 30 minutes, and uh, I always have a water bottle with me, and I can have some some drinkable water, uh, so it might be a good addition, some type of water filter. I know those pens and stuff are good, but those uh, the tabs pretty much last uh, forever, and uh, they're super lightweight and easy to carry. Okay, thanks, and uh, have a good one. Mike, thanks for correcting me if I made a mistake. Yeah, you can't take stuff that makes fire on an airplane, so not a problem, though, taking it in your emergency kit when you're driving. Uh, which I got plenty of fire-making equipment in my emergency bag while I'm driving. But not on an airplane, that's true. Although, for those of you who may not know, maybe you don't do it much, I don't know. 
You can take guns on airplanes. You can travel. You can put guns in your checked luggage. Checked luggage. Okay, let me make sure that you understand that. Not the carry-ons, obviously. But it's relatively easy to take a handgun with you when you're traveling. I will say this. Be sure that you know the laws of the states or cities that you're going to. You might be leaving from a gun-friendly state, but are you going to a gun-friendly state? Remember that when you're traveling with handguns. If you want some advice on how to do that, I will point you to a YouTube video that I made and so forth. It's pretty easy, though. If you just get on the airline's website, you'll, uh, you'll see it. All you have to do is just declare it when you get to the airport. I do it all the time. That's why I know it's relatively easy to do. And my good point about the water purification tablets... Don't forget that. I got those. I forgot to talk about those in my emergency kit. But yeah, I've got those in my travel bag, my my 72-hour travel emergency bag or get home bag. Again, whatever name you want to give it. Let's talk listen let's listen to the next voicemail from Andy. Bob Main, hey, this is Andy um from Fort Bragg. I've emailed you periodically over the last 4 years and I'm um, huge huge uh, request for you. And that's that you do another uh, motivational kind of podcast. You did one kind of in the early series of the Today's Survival Show, and I remember you talked about bad seed and other things kind of. I've always loved your podcast because not only you no know tinfoil hat, but you're always kind of up and uppity and, you know, kind of, anyway, some of the things in my life have kind of, uh, family, kind of same as yours, you know, where your own personal world kind of uh, falls apart with, uh, but, um, if you could please just do another happy podcast on the motivational parts of prepping and family life, just to kind of, you know, maybe get me and some of the others who uh, our personal worlds have kind of had met with some tragedy, just get us through. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate all you do. And, um, you know, let us, uh, <laughs> I'm probably going to massacre that. The loudest noise you hear is a click when you should hear a bang and a bang when you should hear a click. Thanks, Bob. Bye. Well, you're going to hear some of that now. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate that. All right, let me give you some positive stuff now. I am going to make an entire show out of it, but i got to talk a little bit about it right now on this episode. One thing that's always bothered me about preppers in general, about survivalists, is that they're rather negative, a lot of them. I'm not saying all of you who listen to this show... But, I mean, I tell you what, they talk about a lot of negative stuff. You know, everything's falling apart, and this politician does that, and that one does that, and this central bank is causing a problem, and we're going to have this huge, humongous collapse, and it's going to suck, and everybody's going to be in dire straits, and blah, 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 blah. And maybe some of that is true, folks, but I really believe that your attitude is going to carry the day. Life is only 10% what's ha- what happens to you, and 90% how you react to it. I'll say that again. Life is only 10% what happens to you, and 90% how you react to it. In other words, your attitude. The big challenge that a lot of people have is they buy into too much of that negativity crap. All you do is turn on the news, and you hear a bunch of negativity, don't you? The whole world's falling apart. I was recently listening to... A pretty prominent survival podcaster, somebody that's pretty well known in prepping circles. And that's all he did was talk about, 
the bad crap that's going to happen. I mean, that's all he did was go on and on for like three quarters of an entire episode about how it's just going to be ugly and and there's going to be all kinds of, you know, suffering people and all that. You know, it, this is why I love Glenn Tate's books, 299 Days, the whole book series. You should be reading it. One thing I like about Glenn and his writing style, and even though it's a novel, I think it's pretty accurate, a pretty accurate description of what is probably about to come. Glenn points out that there's a way out of it. There's a way to work around it. If you're prepared, if you have knowledge, if you're motivated, if you're positive, if you know how to organize, if you've done your preparation in advance, it's not as bad as it is for other people. And that's called mitigating the damages. And Glenn does such a great job of writing about, you know, positive ways that you can fix this now before it happens. And that's the way I think we should all look at survival and prepping. So let me talk a little bit about the motivational side of it. It's so psychological. Cody Lundeen has mentioned that many times. That surviving is, is basically, do you have the will to survive? One thing you got to do is you got to stay away from negative people. There's a lot of negative people out there. How many of you listening to this show right now know someone negative? How many of you know a Joe Neggy? No offense to all of you out there named Joe, but that's just the name I give it. I know some Joe Neggies. Do you? People that say, oh, it can't be done. Shouldn't do that. You shouldn't store that food. It'll never get you through. You'll never be able to survive on that. You can't eat that stuff. Ah, If it gets that bad, all that food's not going to save you anyway. What do you need a thousand rounds of ammo for? It's never going to get that bad, and if it does, you're screwed anyway. Right? They have other words for it, but because this is a family-friendly show, I'm just going to say screwed. And you get these Joe Neggies that always always says it can't be done. You know, you'll never make any money. You'll never be able to save anything for retirement. What do you want to buy gold and silver for? That's never going to help you. It's never going to appreciate. You can lose your shirt on that. What do you want to make that investment for? You want to buy five acres out in the middle of nowhere? What do you want to buy that land for? What are you going to do with that? It's never going to help you. You're going to lose money on that, right? And everything you do, everything you do, they have a negative reaction to it. How many of you know somebody like that? Do you? I do. I can, well, I'm not going to name names on a public show like this, but I know a lot of people like that. You gotta watch out for people like that. You gotta stay away from the Joe Neggies. And I covered this, and here's what Andy was talking about. I covered this, wow, a few years ago. Goes back to the training that I have. The, the training in my early youth, not my youth, what am I saying? My young adult days. You gotta stay away from bad seeds. I call those Joe Neggies, I call them bad seeds. And those of you who plant gardens, you know what I'm talking about. You know what a bad seed is. Stay away from bad seeds. Here's what I want you to do. The next time someone starts telling you it's not going to work, you shouldn't do that. What are you making such a stupid decision for? Why are you buying that land? How come you bought that gold and silver? Why? You spent that much money on food storage? What kind of a nutbag are you? Stuff like that. When they start giving you this Joe Neggy stuff, these bad seeds, right? Here's what I want you to do. I want you to kind of get about two feet away from them, right? And I want you to just put your hands up in front of their face. Don't touch them now. 
just put your hands about four or five inches from their face and say, bad seed, bad seed, get away from me, you bad seed. You'll get their attention. And if it's somebody that you really want them to shut up, they'll shut up. <laughs> they'll be so shocked that you did that. You put your, put your hands four or five inches from their face and go, bad seed. But really, they're a bad seed. Get away from those people. Turn off the news. By the way, when the news starts to get real bad, turn it off. I do watch the news. I watch it to keep up on current events. I think you're not a very good survivalist if you don't keep up on current events. How can you be a prepper if you don't know what's going on? Okay? Or if you don't know what's about to happen. And believe me, you know, the knucklehead politicians and the, and the screwballs in the media, they're going to give you clues as to what's going on if you know how to look for them. But when it gets to that point to where it's too negative and it's wearing you down, turn it off. Go do something productive. Here's something I want to leave with you. I must do the most productive thing possible at every given moment. I want you to write that down if you have the ability to take notes. If you don't have the ability to take notes... Come back to this later. Write this down. Put it in the notes feature of your iPhone. Write it down in a piece of paper and put it in your wallet. You know, do whatever. Ladies, you know, keep this with you. I must do the most productive thing possible at every given moment. That is a survival philosophy I've always lived by. I've got to be doing the most productive thing possible. At every given moment. Now, let me tell you what that might be. Sometimes the most productive thing possible is to lay down and take a nap. I'm serious. If you're dog tired, if you just can't move another inch, then the most productive thing possible might be to just lay down, take a nap, and rest. And recharge and rejuvenate yourself. Maybe the most productive thing possible at that particular moment in time for you is reading a good book or listening to a good podcast. I know a couple you could listen to. Whatever it is, maybe it's calling up a friend who's positive. Be careful not to call the Joe Neggies. And I tell you what, I got some Joe Neggies that call me. Some of them are family members, some are not. And lately, I hear them out because I want to be nice to them and you never know I might need them someday. But when it gets to a point where I just can't handle the negativity anymore, I just like to use these words. I just say, hey, you know, I don't mean to be rude, but I've got to get going and I make something up. I act busy. One of the best ways to get busy is to act busy. I just make something up. Hey, I don't mean to be rude right now, but you know what? My son needs me to help him with something, needs me to help him with his homework, whatever. My wife needs me to help her with something in the kitchen. My son needs help in the backyard. Whatever. I make something up. But I lead, listen carefully, I lead with the words, I don't mean to be rude right now. And I really want to continue this conversation at a later date. But I've got some people needing my help right now. And see, that's my way out. And you know, it works almost every time, folks. Nearly every time. And it's usually because that person is becoming a Joe Neggy. And they're a bad seed. And because I can't be in front of them and put my fingers and my hands four inches in front of their face because they're on the telephone, 
I use the alternative. You know, I don't really mean to be, be, be rude to you right now, but... And I'd like to continue this conversation later, but my son needs some help with his homework right now, and I promised him I'd help him, and i got get, to get with it. So can we do this conversation again later? Be careful. They will have an effect on you. You are a product of the company you keep. I'll say that again. You're a product of the company you keep. And if you're surrounded by people that tell you you can't, guess what? You simply won't. That is a proven fact. Unfortunately, too many young people these days, they're growing up around a lot of negativity. So what do you think they're going to be when they become adults? They become negative people. Now, you may have challenges going on in your life. I certainly have a lot of challenges going on in my life right now with, with my wife's health care diagnosis and a few issues going, around, going on with me. Hopefully nothing serious, but... You know, and everything else that I do, my full-time job and this podcast and helping raise a family and all that other stuff. Yeah, man, I, you know, I got, I got some things, some tough, tough situations that I'm dealing with right now. I don't know what I would do without my positive attitude. I'm telling you, I, I just don't know. Because I, I would never get anything done if I had a negative attitude. And you know why people do that? You know why people are negative? You know why there are Joe Neggy? Because it's the easiest thing to do. It's hard to be positive most of the time. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying in this podcast that you always have to be positive no matter what. It's not what I'm saying. Sometimes the most productive thing possible is to sit and mourn or to cry or to be sad or think about something. Sometimes you have to get that out of your system. You have to go through a grieving process, for example. Or you have to be sad or be disappointed, but just don't let it last too long. That's what I'm saying. Try not to let it last too long. Get moving. Get busy. You know what one of the best ways to get positive is? Get busy. If you get busy, you'll get more positive. You'll have less time to think about the negative stuff. Try me on that. If you don't believe me, try it. Next time you're feeling negative, you're feeling all blue and down and in the dumps, go get busy and do something. Take on a project. Go do something. Heck, sometimes I just like to grab a couple of my firearms and go down to the shooting range and practice and fire off some rounds. Man, nothing can be more therapeutic sometimes when I really need to relieve a lot of stress. Nothing can be more therapeutic than sending about 150 rounds down range. Especially with an AR-15 or an AK or something like that. I mean, I just... Hey, you know, isn't it? Isn't that the truth, folks? There's just something therapeutic about that. But whatever it is for you, go ride a horse or something if you have that ability. Go take on a project. Do some yard work. Weed your garden. Fertilize. Make more compost. Do something. Fix a fence. I don't care what it is. Do something, get involved in something productive. Go take an inventory of all your food stores. Go take an inventory, count it all up, add it all up, see what you got in there. See how long it'll last you if you haven't done that in a while. Stuff like that will turn you more positive. One of the big reasons why people are negative is that they just have way too much time to think. So hopefully I'm fulfilling Andy's request here, and I'm talking about some positive stuff and motivating stuff and uplifting stuff. Another thing I want to talk about is this philosophy. Things are never as bad or as good as they might seem. 
That'll get you through a lot, too. Things are never as bad as they might seem. Things are never as good as they might seem. As bad as you think you life, your life is, as tough of a situation that you think you're in, someone's got it tougher. Or it might not really be as bad as you think it is. It just looks that way right now. And if you tackle the problems and get after it and start working to solve them, you might find that maybe you were making a big deal out of nothing or it was a lot smaller than you thought it was. And things are never as good as they might seem. Be careful. Be careful not to get too much of that cocky, arrogant, I'm on top of the world and I can't be beat attitude. Because things are never as good as they might seem. It seems like overnight your world can change. Ask me how I know that. Overnight, things can be going great. And somebody gives you a diagnosis or gives you a loved one a diagnosis. Or you get a letter in the mail. Or some bill comes. Or some child has a serious problem. Or a serious financial matter. Or you have a health issue. Or your boss comes and delivers some really bad news or something, and your world can change, bang, like that. Overnight, in a few moments, whatever. So things are never as good or as bad as they might seem. And if you just take these few little things that I've talked to you about here in the last 15 minutes or so, and you apply them. I've got more, but I'll cover some more of those in another show because... There's also a main topic to discuss here, and that's some more basics of prepping. So with that said, here comes just a quick break, and we'll get right into the main topic from Mexican Joe. Okay, Mexican Joe here, uh, back to help Bob out with the podcast. Um... I haven't been doing many podcasts for Bob or doing any recordings lately with all the political stuff going on. I'm a little, I was a little too wound up, and I know Bob doesn't want to make this a political podcast, so I've had to refrain. Anyway, my blood pressure's back, back in order, and what I really looked at, and I posted it on our Facebook group, is something I kind of came up with, was that I think we got a second chance, or we got, I don't know, time. So we've got time now to, since all this stuff happened and the government shut down, the government came back up, but now we've got a couple more deadlines coming up. So it's like a Y2K rehearsal. So let's, you know, let's start looking at our preps and seeing what we're doing or what we've done or where we're slacking or haven't gotten our stuff together. And I don't know if you're gonna, you can hear it, but I've got my prepper music in the background. Uh, it kind of motivates me. I've been down here in my man cave going through my pantry and getting it organized um one of the things that i like to do when i do my pantry is i i I rotate some of the stuff and i use some of the stuff from time to time so every now and then i'll lose track of what my count was on my items so i like to come down every now and then and bring my laptop down and check my count and it'll go up usually quite a bit and sometimes it'll go down just a little bit where i've stolen something from myself and it gives me an idea of what I have to go repay myself. Um, let me go into that real quick. I know that I've mentioned it before with uh, with Bob and uh, on the podcast, I think, that I have what I call a 401k approach to prepping when it comes to your foods. If I've got a case of something and 
It's down in my pantry, which is not at the house. And I end up needing a can or two of corn or green beans or whatever it is. Let's just say I take one can of something from the pantry, from the food stores. If I take one can, I go up and I use it. That's fine. It saved me time. It saved me money. I didn't have to drive to the store to get one can of something or however many cans it was. When I go to the store the next time, I have to, one, replace the amount of cans that I took out of the pantry, and I have to penalize myself that many more again. So if I use two cans of corn, I have to buy two for what I used to replace my inventory, and I have to buy two to penalize myself for not properly preparing for meals or whatever. It's kind of a 401k approach that I don't know if everybody knows it, but you can borrow money off your 401k. Well, when you pay the money back, you have to pay interest. And people are like, well, I hate paying interest. Well, the really great thing about the 401k plan is that you end up paying the interest back to yourself. So this, I take the same approach with prepping and when it comes to my food stores. Um, here a couple weeks ago, I think I put it on, 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 Bob's, on Bob's group and then again on ours that uh, what have I done this month? Um, I got a check with a little more money on it, so I went and spent $300 at Sam's. So that really makes me feel good. I just if, Once I've rebuilt my pantry some, it spread everything out and my pantry didn't look as full. So I felt like my food preps were inadequate, so I started losing my mind about it. So anyway, um, going farther into the foods, I'm just, I'm just going to kind of, I'm just standing down here in my pantry. It's a 10 by 10 room. It doesn't have half the stuff in it I want now, because now that it's built, i got to start filling it up. Here's some things that for people, especially people who are new to prepping, they may not think of. And these are really simple items, and these are items you can buy cheap just on a daily basis when you see them when they're on sale go through your little sale ad and just look at them and circle them and you know do something like that just hey i I can spend a dollar here a dollar there i always tell people it doesn't take a lot of money to prep um i've got a little off-brand store that's kind of like a dollar store but they have food products in there and they have canned food well their green beans in their corner 50 cents a can so while i was out here you know the other weekend after my Sam's run and all that, I bought a, ca- a case of green beans and a case of corn. Um, and I've got some people that are like, oh, you need to buy peas because they're really good for you and they're high in protein. I don't eat peas. So it goes back to what Bob says and everybody else says, only prep with what you eat. Um, so I don't buy stuff I really don't eat. Um, so just I'm going to run through some of the items that I've got. Uh, green beans, uh, canned corn. Uh, I've got I've got a set of twins. Uh, they just turned nine. Yay! Uh, so I got 20 cans of ravioli, um, and that's not even close to what I need. Uh, I've got uh, spaghetti sauces. Now there's different brands. Now again, there's the off-brand stuff that you buy at your local store. So you like if you're if it's a Walmart, they're going to have an off-brand that they sell. If you have another style of grocery store like an Albertsons or whatever, they will also have their off-brand. If you go to Sam's or Costco, you're going to have to buy name brand, like Dole, Hunt's, Del Monte, something like that. That's fine. But when you can, you can also buy the other ones. Um, One of the things I like about the name brands when you find them at Walmart or one of the bigger stores is I try to buy everything in a case or wrapped in plastic. And the reason I do that is because if it's in a case or in a box top and bottom completely sealed like a 10 pack of something or, or an 8 pack or whatever or if it's 
corn and green beans, and it's in a four-pack, moisture can't get to the cans. So that really helps out. So your cans won't rust if you get a little bit of uh, moisture in your pantry area. Okay, I'm going to continue on. Peanut butter. Uh, I get these little peanut butters. They're like a dollar and a half, two dollars for a small jar. It looks like they're about an 18-ounce jar. I've got bigger jars. Peanut butter, real good protein food, fat. It's excellent for you. Uh, back when I first started prepping about four years ago, and I've only been doing this four years, and you will be amazed at what you can do in a year if you just do a dollar here, a dollar there. Um, I've got ranch-style beans. I'm not a big fan of ranch-style beans, but they work. They're easy, and you don't even have to heat them up. I've got assorted cans of fruit, peaches, peach slices, pears, all that kind of stuff. If that stuff goes on sale, buy it with heavy syrup. And the reason I say that is because with the heavy syrup, you're going to get more calories. So for the same price, you can get light syrup or heavy syrup. Go ahead and get the heavy syrup. Um, I have a couple cans of hominy, and I don't even need it, but I think when I bought it, I thought it was corn. So that's just kind of a running joke with me. Um, tuna. I buy tuna in the 10 packs. It's a 10, 10 cans of just a regular can of tuna, and I usually buy them at Sam's, but I just, I'll grab one whole pack, and that's 10 cans, and I put it away. So I'm sitting here looking at a case of tuna. Um, I happened to see olives on sale one day. I grabbed I grabbed a four pack of those, refried beans, uh, different types of canned fr- uh, more canned fruit. Is I've got chunk pineapple and this and that. I've got uh, pumpkin pie mix, Rotel. Um, one I don't know of a house that does not have Rotel in their house. Just I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm here in Texas. I don't know, but. Rotel you can use for all kinds of stuff. You can use it as a dip directly. You can use it in a dish. You can use it to spice up a dish. Um, when I have a steak, uh, especially venison and deer, um, I'll make my steak and I'll barbecue it. And instead of putting any kind of sauce on it, I pour Rotel over the top of it or salsa if I've made some. And just the acid and the tomatoes and the peppers just really breaks down the meat and is really an awesome flavor. Because part of the hard part about prepping is that you can have all of this food, but you have to make it taste like something. And that's the goal, is to make your food taste more normal. If you have normal-tasting food when there's a catastrophe going on, and you try to make things as normal as possible, psychologically, it's going to be a lot better for you. You're going to be able to cope with stuff. Um, as adults, <clears throat> we're going to understand this a little better. Our kids won't. So anything you can do to calm the kids down. I mean, if something's going on and you've been... In whatever the scenario is for a week or two, hey, kids, come here. Who wants some peaches? And you break open a can or a jar of peaches, and you're good. I mean, there's just something to, you know, it's kind of like somebody did a podcast or something I was listening to, and it, uh, I think it was Glenn Beck, and he said, you know, this father had neglected his son a little bit, you know, just not paying attention to him. Um, and he's like, come on, let's go out and get ice cream for breakfast. Sometimes you need that little thing that is special. I mean, I take my kids after school sometimes, and we'll just go get ice cream after school, and they really enjoy that. There's some special moments. Okay. I keep getting off track. I'm, I'm thumping, apparently, as Tabitha says. Okay. Um, another one, my daughter, uh, since she's gotten into the prepping, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to work with her and get her in line, she likes to buy the big cans, the big number 10 cans of stuff. So... 
they're at Walmart and every place else, and you can buy them, and they're good. But you got to keep in mind, you're only going to open those when you have a group of people. Hopefully, if anything ever happens, your retreat or, or everybody will kind of go to one location because it's easier to feed more people that way. It's more efficient. You're having one fire going, one stove going, you're pooling resources, you got more hands. So that's kind of nice as long as you don't get too many. And that's a whole other podcast. So anyway, so I've, I've started getting uh, number 10 cans every now and then. It's usually like corn, green beans. I think I've got spaghetti or pizza sauce. And I've got another can that's nothing but jalapenos. And that was just something I picked up for a party and didn't end up using. Okay, uh, keep going. I have got cases and cases of water. Uh, I've probably got 30 cases of water. Uh, 24 packs, 35 packs, whichever. Um they're half-liter bottles. They're highly mobile. If you got to run, you can grab a case of water, rip it open, stick as many as you want in your bag, and go. So that's really nice. Um, coffee. Um, my stepmom complained one time when I, we ran out of coffee, and I came down to the pantry to grab some coffee. And it was the no-name brand. So, yes, it was not the great coffee, like the Folgers or some of the others. But you know what? If something happens and it's extended and you're talking months, any coffee is going to taste like Folgers coffee. I mean, you may have to be not have coffee. And then you find somebody who's like, hey, well, let's sit down and talk about this, whatever it is, and let's have a cup of coffee. And you're like, you've got coffee. So I've got pounds and pounds of coffee. Um, keep that stuff in mind. Um, another one I just picked up the other day, which is not one of my favorites, but I, I, I try to do what I teach and do what I say. I picked up a couple little jars of instant coffee. I'm not a big fan of instant coffee, but all I need with instant coffee is hot water. Now, we've got a couple of uh, old Marines that uh, that we train with and work with, and they'll just take a, a, a spoonful of coffee grounds and throw it in hot water and stir it around, and it makes coffee. I mean, you end up getting it in your teeth, but okay, I don't do it, but they, they have done it, and I just think it's funny. Um, we've all got people who work at some kind of a food place, whether it be a grocery store or whatever, and they find sales. Um, I've still got cases and cases of Gatorade from, uh, a friend that, you know, was working in the grocery store and they had a sale on Gatorade and it was just an insane deal. So I've got cases of that. Uh, I've got five or six jars of Perrier water, which I don't drink. I think it's nasty, but I've got it. Um... Apple juice, big gallon jugs of apple juice, uh, pineapple juice, that kind of stuff. Always a good idea. Um, I've been canning for a couple of years. Uh, I like jellies. Um, I'm play- I've been playing with pickling stuff, uh, peppers, okra, tomato, basil, just all kinds of little funny things to try to make my food taste better. So I've got cases of, and, and, I, and I cord my stuff off by stuff that's pickled. Which is, of course, pickles, uh, peppers, stuff like that. Um, then I've got another whole case, or better than a case, of salsas, um, jalapenos, stuff like that. I've got another case that is nothing but jellies. Now, I'm a big fan of jalapeno jelly, and then I tend to throw jalapenos in everything. Uh, when it comes to jellies, I've got a strawberry jalapeno jelly. I did a peach 
uh, jalapeno jelly. That was really good. And I just play with these ideas, and it's really kind of nice because they're sweet, and then they've got just a little bit of kick. The last batch I did, I made a bigger batch. I was going to a party, and I give it away when I go to these parties, these Halloween parties and stuff, and it had a little more kick to it, and it was really good. And the jalapeno jelly, I'll either put it on biscuits with butter, or you can put it underneath a uh, chicken skin when you barbecue chicken. I've done it with pork chops. Uh, the great dessert party dish is just to grab cream cheese, take a block of cream cheese, put it in the middle of a plate, pour jalapeno jelly over it, and eat it with, I think it's Triscuits. Uh, it's, 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 just a crack, it's just a just a snack cracker, and that's really good. Um, let's see. Okay, so I was talking about jellies. I've got, when you go to Sam's, you can get a, a two-pack of, like, I guess it's a half gallon of uh, syrup. Because in my buckets, which I've got all, all my dry goods in buckets, I've got pancake mix and that kind of stuff. Um, I've got an entire case of mustards, mayonnaise, chocolate syrups, uh, a little bit of sweet and low because I used to use sweet and low down back to sugar. Um, mustard, mayonnaise, that kind of stuff. Uh, relish. Now, at my last trip to Sam's, I got thinking about that. I'm like, I don't, I, I don't like to buy mayonnaise um, in a jar. I do for the house, and that's fine because I've got a refrigerator. But when I have a sandwich sometimes or I'm, I'm needing something, sometimes I like a little mayonnaise. Well, how do you keep mayonnaise because it's, it's going to go bad on you really quick? Well, it was really easy. When you go to Sam's or Costco, I got a little box. It's a little, probably a little bigger than a shoebox. It's 200 packets of mayonnaise. They don't go bad because they've got to be... You've got to open them for, for them to go bad. Um, I also picked up a case of uh, mustard packets. And let's see, there's 500 mustard packets in here. They're a quarter of an ounce. The mayonnaise packets, there's 200 of them. And of course... Somebody's got to be metric and it's 12 grams. Uh, so I got that. Uh, so that's just really nice because it's something that won't go bad. Um, I've got cases of spices. Again, because I'm a hunter and a fisher, I've got to make it taste like something. Um, I buy I, Sometimes I'll buy the cheaper spices if I'm in a no-name store. Sometimes if it's just a really good deal, I'll buy it. Um, make sure you buy beef bouillon. Uh, you can buy the big jars that's just the powder, and you can also buy the cubes. Beef bouillon, chicken bouillon, and there's some chipotle bouillon, stuff like that. All that stuff's good. Um, a little while back, I was at a store, and they had these whole organic glass jars, and they're like two-ounce jars, and it's, it's just spices, and they were like a dollar a piece. And if I get paid... And, and I see a sale, I lose my mind. So I bought all of them, I think. And I've got stuff like rubbed sage, dill weed, ground cinnamon, uh, all the different peppercorns, bay leaves, chili powder. There's some more sage, thyme, coriander. Um, Montreal steak seasoning is one of my favorites. I've got small jars and big jars of that. Again, keep in mind, you want your food to taste like something. Um... When I'm in Sam's, I always, every time I go, it's just one of my things. I like garlic in my food. Um, I buy these big 48-ounce bricks of minced garlic, and they're in water. And the company that sells them, they, they're in every other store, too, but they're just this little bitty 2-ounce jar or whatever it is. It's like $3 for this little bitty jar. It's just a yellow label with a blue thing across it that says garlic. 
Anyway, this little two or three ounce jar is like three bucks. Well, if you go to Sam's or Costco, this 48 ounce jar is four dollars or four fifty. So do the math on that. Um, salt. Uh, salt is so cheap. I mean, you can if it's non iodized, you can get it for thirty three, thirty five cents a piece. Um, you can get the good Morton or the off brand for under a dollar a piece for a pound for the one pound tub. Um, just throw one in your basket every time you go and put it away. Um, I like the, the iodized and the non-iodized. We don't. If you don't live by the ocean, you're not going to be able to take an iodine, and it's in all of our food, and your body needs iodine. So, you need both. Now, the reason I buy both, the iodized and the non-iodized, is because I don't want to waste iodized salt. Iodized salt, like I said, if you can buy the good Morton stuff, it's a dollar a pound. Well, if you buy the non-iodized, it's like 33, 35 cents a pound. Use that for cooking. And I'm not talking about cooking for flavor. I'm talking about cooking to make water boil. If there's something that calls during the recipe to have salt, use the non-iodized. If you need to make a salt lick to bring in animals, use the non-iodized. Animals don't care if they have iodine. I mean, they don't get it in the nature, so who cares? So that's just a couple of different things about the salt. Um, I've got all kinds of salt. I've got iodized, non-iodized. I've got ice cream salt. I've got kosher salt. And then one of the really good ones is, if you, whenever you go into whatever your grocery stores, they'll have the little salt and pepper shakers. And what are they? Three and a half ounce, 3.75 ounce shakers. Just the little ones like you see in a restaurant. Again, they're a dollar for a pair for a salt and pepper. I got a couple of those. And I, and I always grab them when I see them. I'm like, oh yeah, let me grab some of those. So again, because... Therefore, if something happens, you've got that out. You can put it on the table. If you happen to have to be out in the woods or whatever, you can do it. When I was in the service, we took in a lot of salt. Or not a lot of salt, a lot of pepper. Of course, we had to have salt because we didn't want to dehydrate. But I'm talking about the pepper. We ate a lot of pepper, a lot of hot, spicy food. And the reasoning was the mosquitoes aren't as bad. That's probably why uh, Cajuns uh, have, have so much spice in because they got bad mosquitoes down there. And I mentioned Cajuns because I have probably a case and a half of Tony Sagerays, uh Creole seasoning. If you don't know what it is, it's just it's, it's kind of like a seasoned salt, but it's it's a Cajun one, and it's really good. Um, okay, so that kind of covers my cans, just kind of my my stuff that's in jars and sealed containers. My buckets again are all my dry goods, and I've got elbow macaroni. Flowers, different kinds of flowers, uh, three or four different types of rice, brown rice, wild rice, white rice, all that kind of stuff. And I've, if you look, if you look on my Facebook site, uh, on the group site, I've, I've, I've been evolving into a couple of different ways to do my buckets. Um, I started out using dry ice. It's kind of a pain, but it worked. Um, I've just recently gone to using uh, hot hands, hand warmers. That works really well. Um, now, Tabitha, my friend over at uh, Thumper Lane, they use Mylar bags. And that works for them, and that's great. I haven't done that yet. I'm trying not to spend any more money per bucket. The nice part with them is they don't actually have to seal their buckets. If they put their Mylar bags in there and they just close the bucket, then rodents can't get to it. You're sealing the bags. So then you could pick and choose what you wanted to pull out of a bucket and use it. And that, that's that's a whole different way of doing it. It's not a wrong way. It's just their way. And I think it's a good idea. It gives you more options. 
my personal preference on the bucket is if I need something, I'll start out opening the bucket. I can't open another bucket until all the ingredients in that bucket are gone. I don't want to have four buckets with pinto beans in them open because then all my pinto beans are going to start going bad and getting mites or moles or whatever it is they get in them. So I don't want to do that. So I try to limit one bucket at a time. I'm guessing that a bucket would last me a week to two weeks. Uh, and I'm up. I'm upwards of 30 buckets. I'm up in the 30 range. So that's 30 buckets. And that's not even counting my canned stuff and all my other stuff. That's just what's in a bucket. Things in a bucket are like 10 pounds of pinto beans. I got packets of yeast, uh, macaroni, uh, corn masa for making tortillas, ramen noodles, uh Gumbo, macaroni and cheese, because I got the kids. See, let's look at another one. More pinto beans, pancake mix, more macaroni and cheese, uh, just all kinds of stuff. Um, probably one of the hardest things that what it is for me to buy is dehydrated milk, because it is so expensive. I have two large boxes now and a regular size box. The reason that I I like the the dehydrated milk is because if you need milk for a recipe. You can just eat like a cake or cookies or something because I've got that stuff in my buckets too. You can just make as much milk as you need. So therefore, you're not going to make a gallon and it's going to go bad. You don't ever waste food, if at all possible. So I only have to make what I need. So that's why I buy the dehydrated milk. And I've got spreadsheets for all of this stuff. and So I go, I go crazy with my spreadsheets. Um, I'll, I'll uh, resend... Uh, all the links for for the Facebook group, and uh, so you can see the all and the and the YouTube, so you can see all the new different ways I'm doing the buckets. Um, if you go to the Facebook group, you can also jump over to Thumper Lane and look and see what uh, Tabitha and Dude are doing. Uh, they've got all kinds of stuff over there too, and they've got some really good stuff. She's more advanced than I am in some places, and I'm doing different things than what she's doing. Okay, um, other things that I that I'm just standing here, I'm just kind of looking around in, in the pantry. Uh, boxes and boxes or cases of uh, vinegar. Uh, if I go to Sam's, vinegar comes two gallons to a box. So I'm looking at cases and cases of vinegar. So therefore, when I'm running my garden throughout the year, and again, I'm working looking at worst case scenario, this could go on for a while, or if it happens to be during the summer or whatever, when I'm pulling my plants, pulling my vegetables out, I can still preserve them. I've still got my cases of jars with lids got all that got all my pectin got all that stuff i can still turn around and make jellies i can still pickle peppers okra tomatoes whatever i need to do because they've got the vinegar to do it uh vinegar is also very good for sometimes if you're sick and you can get with your medical people on that Uh, i'm not the big medic guy i just have the medical supplies uh so there we go with that um other things that i've got is uh Alcohol prep pads. I get this. This is more on the medical stuff because I'm looking at my medical shelf. Um, alcohol prep pads just for cleaning stuff like that. Hydrogen peroxide, um, iodine sticks. I found a sale the other day for uh, little boxes of uh, Pepto Bismol uh, Instacools. They were dollar fifty a box. Um, Irish Spring and some of these other bar soaps. They go on sale. Buy buy a couple bars or buy a couple packs. However you want to do it. Uh, deodorants. Again, in the grocery store I go to, there's a sale aisle for stuff they're trying to discontinue and get rid of. I'll go check that aisle every time. $1.50 for deodorant? Yeah, I'll buy all of them. 
um, shampoos, shampoos and conditioners. If they're a dollar, <laughs> I tend to buy four or five. It's just this thing I've got. If it's under, if it's at a dollar or under, it's irresistible to me. Um, hand soap, uh, just because you got to stay clean uh, when you're doing stuff in the, in the kitchen, like that kind of stuff. I've got some mouthwash. Uh, uh, I think it was on sale, so I got it. Uh, again, Sam's two packs of uh, of the big things of Q-tips. You use those. Uh, some of the other things I've gotten is toothpaste and toothbrushes. Um, every now and then I'll go through Walmart and they'll have toothbrushes for like 50 cents. And I'll pick up five or ten, I'll throw them in my basket. Also, uh, they have in the, if you go over to the travel section, sometimes they'll have the little tubes of toothpaste. And they're like 50 cents or something. And these are little 1.9 ounce tubes of toothpaste. It's just great for a little travel kit. Well, i got a handful of those. Um, then you go to Sam's and they got the big tubes of toothpaste. I've got a couple of four or five packs of those. Also, when you go to Sam's or Costco, uh, painkillers, ibuprofen, uh, all that kind of stuff, uh, aspirin, get a variety. Um, but you buy the you buy their brand. Don't buy the name brand. Buy the their brand. And ibuprofen, I've got two, three packs. And and they're 200 milligrams. And I want to say that each one... Yeah, they're 500 tablets per bottle. There's three bottles. And I want to say three bottles were like eight bucks. Um, stuff like the Pepto-Bismol, uh, diarrhea medicine, that kind of stuff. That's going to be really important in case somebody starts getting sick. Uh, you don't want them to dehydrate. Also, uh, some of my other stuff is I've got all my supplies out here for making my laundry soap. And again, that's going to be on my YouTube. I show how to do that. When I was at the place, this place where I get some of my, where I used to get some of my supplies before Walmart started carrying it all, they also had Wicks. The place, it was a place where you could buy bath soaps and buy all that stuff to make your own stuff. Well, they had Wicks for making candles. So for $3, I bought a bundle of Wicks. So that was kind of nice. Oh, let's see. Ziploc bags, matches, just all kinds of stuff. I mean, this is by no means all everything that I buy. I mean, there's quite a bit more. Um, since now I'm using the Hot Hands hand warmers uh, for my buckets, those Hot Hands hand warmers at Walmart, at my Walmart, there's two in a pack. Uh, they're separated packs, so you can use one and not the other. And they're like $0.66 cents for a double pack. So that's $0.33 cents per bucket to seal a bucket and pull all the oxygen out. I buy the buckets at Walmart. They're like 2 bucks, and they are food-grade buckets. Now, the lids I've just recently changed, and I go to a different place to buy my lids. They're about a dollar more, but they've got a gasket in them, and they get a lot better seal. I actually have a problem with my buckets imploding and caving in. Uh, if the hot hands is really working well that day. Um, let's see. I guess that's probably it. I mean, I got a bunch of the regular lids. Here's something I do with buckets, too. I use food-grade buckets, for what I call fresh, clean, virgin buckets for my food because my stuff goes right in my bucket. I'm not using a Mylar bag. So my food goes right in it. My hot hands warmer goes in, and you'll review the video for that, and that's it. So it's got to be a virgin bucket. Now... People bring me buckets, five-gallon buckets, and that's great, and I use them. I don't put food in them. 
Now, I travel quite a bit, uh, like Bob, so I've actually got four buckets sitting here that are non-virgin buckets because the contents are not anything I'm going to eat. I've got a five-gallon bucket of the shampoos and the conditioners you get at the hotels. Another bucket's got the single coffee packs and all the condiments that you get at the hotels. And then I've got one with nothing but bars of soap. Again, from the hotels. So anybody who does all this traveling, bring all that stuff home. I mean, you paid for it. You paid for it with your room. Bring it home. And then start filling up buckets. Um, I know when I'm out on the road, I like using my shampoo. And I like using my soap. And I have all of that. My body soap and whatever. I use all of that. This stuff is just leftovers and I can use it. I mean, if I, when I, we have training out here and somebody wants to go into the shop and I've got a, a shower in my shop and go take a shower, I've got stuff in there, but if they want something else, here, here's some stuff. Uh, but it's going to be great barter material later. So my non-virgin buckets, I just use my generic cheap lids. I'm just keeping bugs and stuff out of it. And I've got buckets of, again, uh, shampoos, soaps, conditioners, uh, coffee, tea, condiments, all of that kind of stuff. Um, when you go to drive through food places, because again, I'm on the road, so I end up just doing a quick drive through If they throw salt, pepper, hot sauce, ketchup, whatever in your bag, I usually carry like a Walmart bag in my vehicle that I just dump my condiments in. And then after about two or three weeks, I'll pull that bag out and I'll bring it in bring it in the shop and I'll sort it out and I'll put it in other tubs. Now... What I do with those is I've got those uh, big two- and three-pound coffee containers, the plastic ones, the Folgers containers. I keep those, and I've got them in my shop. I'm like, this one's nothing but hot sauce. This one's nothing but salt packets. This one's nothing but pepper. This one's ketchup. I've got some that have honey in them and mustard and mayonnaise. And you got to keep in mind, people are giving you food every day that you don't think about. Don't throw it away. Keep it. Uh, just save it, put it with your preps. Again, this is these are just so simple and easy prep things that people just don't think about. Until you get your mind set to the way of prepping and about and how that some of the stuff works, you're you're gonna you're gonna lose your mind about how much stuff you actually throw away. Um, some of the other stuff that we kind of do is. We, we really try to show people a lot of this stuff. Um, some of the other items we really stock up on, which are dirt cheap. We go to the Army-Navy store maybe once a month, once every two months. I always pick up a handful of P-38s, military can openers. If you happen to be out trying to get home or whatever the problem is and you find a can of food, I mean, let's say Katrina, a can of food is floating down the, down the road where you're standing. Pick it up. Go clean the can. You know, you can clean the outside of the can and sterilize it, and it'll be fine. You've got to open the can. You can't chew through it. Having a P-38 in your key ring would really be nice. I think I get it for like three for a dollar. And it just takes a little bit of practice to learn how to use them, and they fold up into nothing. So P-38s are really important. Uh, again, I mentioned that I've got matches and waterproof matches and all that stuff. So that's just kind of a short little idea of some of the stuff that I that I do. Um just noticed another tote here that I hadn't mentioned. Uh, we've been prepping for a couple of years, and Super Dave had realized that we weren't uh, we weren't prepping for toilet paper. So that was a that was a whoops. Uh, kind of had a V8 moment on that one. So 
when I go to Sam's or if I go to Walmart or something um, and I happen to see the big thing of toilet paper and I buy the same brand that I actually use in the house, I wouldn't use the cheap stuff, you know, unless it was just some crazy deal. But I don't remember which one it is, Cottonelle or whatever. Anyway, just toilet paper. Anyway, I buy it. I buy the big bundle. I just put them in Rubbermaid totes. It's like you, you break the thing open. I don't break the individual rolls out, but they're like in like six or nine packs, and I just see how many I can cram in a tote, put the lid on it, put something else on top of it, and I've got, you know, totes and totes of toilet paper. Uh, I met a guy here a couple of years ago. He had from the ground to the ceiling in his in his garage was one stack of toilet paper, one of paper towels, one of napkins. Uh, apparently, the guy had been doing it for a little while, but he was really cool, and we, we really swapped some good data. So that's it. Um, again, you know, I, I think I mentioned that I've got my laundry soap stuff that I make. Um, I also some of the other things that I that I did here a couple of years ago was sterno, the stuff that the caterers use and some of the soldiers use to cook stuff. It's a little bitty can. You open it up, you can get the liquid stuff or you get the gel. I happen to prefer the gel, but if the other stuff's on sale, I buy it. If you happen to go to uh, Sam's or Walmart, over in the cooking section or the catering area, they have cases of this stuff. Buy a case. It's like $4 or $5 or whatever it is for a case of Sterno, of these little warmers that go underneath those aluminum pans. You can cook on those. And if you have a case and there's a couple different kinds of have, that's awesome. You know, that's just like a lot of this prepping stuff can be act, can be treated as camping. So it all works. So anyway, that's just a quick little podcast, a couple of ideas for people who are new to this. Um, think about all the canning and stuff that your, that your grandparents did. Learn that. These are all just little fun skills to learn. Uh, prepping is not hard. It's not really expensive. Uh, I know it can get expensive. depends on what you're buying. Uh, when you get into your weapons and some of the other stuff, it can get expensive. The food is the easy part. It's a dollar here. It's a dollar here. It's a dollar there. Um, one can at a time, one dollar at a time, one day at a time. Uh, I personally, I think I mentioned this before, uh, I used to drink a lot of Cokes. I taper back off of that. You know, I'll have a couple cups of coffee in the morning. I'll grab me a Coke. When I'm out and about in the morning, and then that's it. After that, I, I switch over to bottled water. Um, I'm up and my blood's going, so I'm good. So, there we go. Uh, hope that uh, helps somebody out. And, uh, again, I'll post the uh, the web links to the, uh, to the YouTube site and to our Facebook group. And just give us a look. Jump in there. Say hi. And, uh, again, uh, a lot of the stuff, P38s and some of this other stuff that I've mentioned, um, if you can go to Amazon and get it, uh, go through Bob's website and uh, do that. So Bob gets his little cut out of it. I know a lot of my medical supplies came from uh, came from Amazon, and they always come through Bob's uh, Bob's Amazon account. All right, so there you go, and uh, I hope this helps somebody out. Just give us a holler. Thank you much. Thank you, Bob. And thank you, Joe. That was very good. Not just for beginner preppers. I learned some things and. You kind of reminded me of some things that I have forgot to put away in storage. So I made notes while I was listening to that. So you see what I mean about getting busy? Joe got busy. Went into his man cave. Sounds like he went through his pantry. (laughs) Good. That's good. That's what I'm talking about right there. 
getting busy, it gets you more positive, it gets you thinking more about what you should do, it gets you avoiding the bad seeds, and it just fosters a whole different attitude and mindset, and so much of this is mindset that it's just amazing. And I like what Joe said, you know, you can do a lot in a year for just a dollar or two at a time. Here's a philosophy I would like you to do, no matter what it is that you're going to start doing when you're prepping. Just do an extra 2 to $5 a week. Can you afford 2 to 5 bucks a week? What can you cut out that costs between 2 and $5 every week? Is there something you can cut out, stop doing, and put that towards some more preps like food stores, like you heard some of the stuff in Joe's Pantry? And he made a very good point there about store stuff that you like to eat. Or store stuff that you will eat. It may not be a gourmet dinner every time. It might not be a gourmet meal if the if the stink hits the fan and we got to go to our food stores, right? I mean, if it's if the stink has hit the fan so bad, we got to go to our food stores. Then the chances are you won't be eating maybe exactly like you've always eaten. You know, and I don't know. Maybe you will. But if you're not, at least you're going to have stuff that you will eat that you can live off of that will give you the calories that you need. Joe, thanks for the idea about ranch beans with heavy syrup. And by the way, I'm going to get the canned peaches with heavy syrup as well. Get some more calories and stuff like that from the syrup. You're going to need it. You're going to need it, especially if the stink hits the fan and you're building stuff or you're walking a long ways or you're, you know, exerting yourself a lot physically, which you're probably going to be doing. You need those calories to stay alive. So good stuff. That pretty much covers this episode. I think between Joe and myself and a couple of callers, we've said what we wanted to say and got the message out. With all that said, I'm Bob Main. Thanks for listening to another episode of today's Survival Show. Many thanks to Joe and many thanks to the callers that called in. And keep them coming. Do what you can with what you have. Wherever you are, stay positive. And I'll talk to you next week. Oh, by the way, before I sign off, that's right. Joe mentioned my Amazon store. Please don't forget to use my Amazon store. If you got some holiday shopping coming up and you're going to buy stuff on Amazon, it doesn't cost any more money. But if you lo- use the link at todayssurvival.com, that's todayssurvival.com, two S's in that web address. Go over there and click Amazon store and click that icon, that Amazon icon, the picture, and use my link. I'll get credit for it. If you want to invest in the Survival Champions Club, I've put together a collection of podcasts for 25 bucks, and I've never aired them on this show before. Good stuff. Click the Survival Champions Club page, and you'll see what they're all about. You'll see who I interviewed and what the subject matter is. Pick one. You can get all of them for a discounted price, or pick one or two if you want. And uh, I will email you a link to download that. Last but certainly not least, don't forget about our forum. Several of you have been signing up lately, and sorry, it took me a long time to get your accounts approved. The best way I have come up with to keep spammers away is to ask you to send me an email when you sign up for the forum. Go to todayssurvival.com, click the forum button, register, and then shoot me an email at bob at todayssurvival.com. And give me your username and tell me you signed up for the forum. If you do that, I think there's a pretty darn good chance that you are not a spammer. I'll try to get your account approved in about 12 hours or less. 
I'll try not to let it take so long, and then you can start conversing with other members who listen to this podcast and me and everybody else on our forum. Once again, the voicemail number 210-646-1727. I'll talk to you next week, folks. Goodbye. Goodbye.